Cheers. Cheers. I'm Kaden. I'm Andy. And welcome to Diplomacy Games. Episode something, I can't remember, 63? 62? I can't remember. Well into the double digits now. We are. Past the half century. Yes, yes, which is means a lot to Australians because of cricket, but everyone else will go, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Brits would understand. Brits, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Brits, Indians, Kiwis. Do Canadians what? South Africans. Canadians won't. They don't no. cricket. No, okay. Anyway, this is a podcast about diplomacy, uh, not international foreign affairs or anything like that, but the board game and the online game diplomacy. Hasn't there been a bit going on on real life though? It has been just going off. So we're recording today on Super Tuesday. I notice you're not wearing a mask. A mask? Oh yes, for my um, coronavirus. No, well, well we've got, got to be ready for the... Got to be able to drink. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's, you know, priorities then. Absolutely, and you're not wearing a mask. Well, sorry, your mask is your, your beard. beard and goatee. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm told, you know, for your mask to be effective, you need to get rid of the beard. But you keep a moustache. Yeah, okay. Well, actually, this is something you need to kind of consider later on. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, it's amazing where the WHO's priority is. You know, one of the earliest oh, things. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, if you're going to wear a mask, make sure you can't get rid of it. These beards are okay for you to use <laughs> wearing a mask. Well, actually, here's an interesting factor. I don't know if you know that, you know, why Hitler had his little funny moustache. Yeah, I know you had a funny moustache. Yeah. yeah, but you know why? No, I don't. No. So, lots of Germans after the war who'd actually fought in the war also had that funny moustache because the way the German um, gas mask worked in World War One, because up to that point in time, everyone wore facial hair. Yeah. The only way to get it to seal correctly was to have that funny... If you wanted to maintain a... Any sort of facial, facial hair. Facial hair. That's yeah. the only bit of facial hair you could do. Oh. So that basically became the way that they used to look because... Trend setting by necessity. Yeah. yeah. And he won't obviously appeal to his target market, which he did, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, you, you said Super Tuesday. Super Tuesday today, yes. So um, I haven't seen the stats for uh, how many votes we've got in. I know that it's either Joe Biden's done particularly well and Bernie's done not too bad in some other states. For, for recent listeners, um, we've been running our own presidential campaign here on the show um, where we've been putting some planks forward as to what we stand for in the hope that we'll get some delegates um, from, the, from the, well, the Democratic caucus. Well, um, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're really not picky. that affiliated, you know. I'm happy to run as an independent. Well, actually, I've got a real, I, I, to be perfectly honest, Kana, I think we have a serious, serious chance. Outside. And I mean, I mean super serious. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, what's, what's, the, uh, what's the plank? Okay, so, no, it's not the plank. It's, it's the, it, I'm, I'm looking at how do I employ diplomacy strategy right. into how we're going to win this election. Mm. So, what do we know at the moment about the way things are going in the Democrats? Well, they're all backstabbing each other, aren't Correct, they? Correct, yep. yeah. And they're so pretty much just going into the, the Bernie camp and the anybody but Bernie camp. And yes. in the anybody but Bernie camp, they keep dropping out and going, oh, let's just go with, you know, Joe Biden. It's the, um, the, the, the moderate, as I understand. That's right, yeah, yeah. The, the status quo guy, the guy that'll kind of, you know, not upset Wall Street or, you know. Not that Wall Street needs much upsetting. So, yes, so we'll, we'll kind of 
we'll park that for a moment. Okay, park that to one so side. So here's the scenario. So we get to the Democratic Convention. Okay. If Bernie's got the votes and he's going to win... Hang on, I'm going to both conventions though, aren't I? I'm going to the Democratic and the Republican as an independent. How does that work if you're an independent candidate? I don't know. Um, also, apologies noise-wise, we're at a bar. We should say where we are. We're at the Dubop Bar in Brisbane. We're, like, next to the road, so we might get a little bit of street noise. But it's a really funky little joint, really. It's a jazz bar normally, but it's quite... We, we, I made sure we came here on a day that it wasn't, like, pumping, so that we could kind of, you know... Have this talk have this with talk. you guys. Uh, quickly, drinks. What are you having? I'm having the Young Henry's Cloudy Cider. Oh, another Young Henry's. Yeah, you've been doing about. a lot of Young Henry's at the moment. Yeah, no, no, like, it's a good, good brew. What are and you drinking? I'm a, I'm a, I've never heard of this ever. It's a Koleski Mopper. Shiraz from the Barossa Valley, and it is beautiful. Cheers. Cheers. So, what were we, what were we Another thing about, about the beautiful yeah. things I've got is our strategy. Oh, yeah. So, we get to the Democratic Convention, so we being, history gets to the point of time there's a Democratic Convention. Let's assume that Sanders gets all the votes, it gets the votes, it gets the majority, he gets the nomination. Okay. Right? Now, all the moderate Democrats, what are they going to do? People that, that, that kind of do think that Bernie's a closet communist and they absolutely fucking detest Trump, they will be looking for a third way. So we then kind of ramp up the campaign, get the moderate-style moderate, moderate style, you know, Democrats and the moderate Republicans who can't stand Trump, get them coming behind us and we're in. Okay, we just need to think of some decent platforms. Now, Yes, we do need that. That some policy. But I don't. I don't think policy is very important nowadays. I think it's all about personality. But the, except for Bernie, he's all about policy. Um, but what happens if Joe gets the nomination? Well, then you got all your Bernie bros getting upset. They get all upset. They're going to go. We're back to. We're going. We've been shafted by the Democratic establishment when Hillary got the nomination, yes, which once. she never should have. Twice. Yep. Yep. So she got shafted the second time. So they're going to go. No, fuck these guys. Going to, there's no way in the world they're going to vote Republican, okay? No. So, they seem to then, that's when our planks come in a little bit. But they're subtle planks, okay? Because we're Australians, there is, we're, we're like, in with an we've actually shot. got certain amounts of Bernie light, okay? <laughs> so, Bernie's all around about having a healthcare system, which is pretty much the Australian healthcare system. Yeah. So, we could just go up to all the Bernie people saying, yep, we like that idea, we're pretty good with that, we, we've been growing up with that, we love it, works perfectly. Understand okay. it, yep. You know, Bernie's gun control policy is pretty much the same as Australian gun control policy. Yep, understand that. You know? So, um, and look, most of the other stuff is just very, very similar. Hmm. Uh, I think the only things that are really different are things like um, his policy around, what was it? Free, free higher education. See, I'd, I'd support that anyway. Just but we've had that in the past under the, the Whitlam government yes. and also the Fraser government. So, you know, I think, and let's, let's be honest as well, we're, we're never going to get, the way the American system works with the checks and balances and all that type of shit, even if Bernie got in, all the stuff he promises he won't be able to deliver because there will be these things that will stop him. So he'll have to kind of eventually negotiate and come down position, which will pretty much be our position. So, there we are. So, if either Bernie wins a nomination or Biden wins a nomination, we're pretty much in like Flynn with those guys. So and also, then we'll pick up all the moderate Republicans. So, you know, I think we need to kind of... 
I don't know. Are you happy with the whole beard thing? Because there hasn't been like a, an American president with a beard for many years. Since about the 1930s when they were flying around in blimps. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting rid of my facial hair. Um, well, I think I it's a distinctive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of sets you apart. Hmm. Bringing things back to reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yes, but oh, away we from need, the facial hair and you know, back to reality winning the election. Yep. We need for there to be secretaries to look after certain portfolios if we're going to actually do this thing. We, we do. And we've talked about this before that, you know, anyone who wants to get behind us and chip in two, three bucks on our Patreon account, so patreon.com slash diplomacy games, we're happy to kind of give. Why not give? I think I think that shows that they have faith in the planks <laughs> that we stand for. Yep. Okay. They've got faith in our leadership, and we should in return, because we're good diplomacy players, have faith in our allies, and allies being people who get behind us. So we we do have we have a new Patreon. We have a new Patreon. So to Zachary Moore. Thank you very much, mate. So Zachary is um, very active within the Minnesota Diplomacy Club. So we thought we'd um, promote you to the Secretary of Convoy Operations. Yes, well, he actually requested that, and I think we've kind of... Did you, you, you propose that? I'll second it. Oh, yep, done. There we are. Cheers. Motion carried. There we are. We have a new Secretary of Convoy Ops. <laughs> he was very, very particular, though, that he has to... All convoy operations need to go through him diplomacy related or even non-diplomacy related oh okay so let's say you want to go from um, catch a ferry from mainland America out to Alcatraz yep Zach's the man he's, he's the man he'll organise your tickets ticket. I don't think he knows what he's got himself into oh that's a lot of ferrying a lot of ferrying <laughs> <laughs> and look you know that that's just one of our many different cabinet Post that's up for, up for, well, it's up for sale. Up for sale. <laughs> I think there might be some slight legalities there. Um, up, up to up for the uh, highest, highest person of most qualified interest. Qualified interest who's donated to our absolutely campaign. And this shit happens all the time with the Dems and the Republicans. So look, we're yeah. good with that. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I'm happy with it's, that. You know, oh, status quo. Another Bernie thing that we do well in Australia is we have. Um, with, with elections and shit, you know, a lot of it's publicly funded elections, so that gets rid of the special interests. So if Bernie kind of gets knocked out, his people will come to a circle on that one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anyway, that's not the end of that. So, um, yes, welcome, Zachary. Uh, we've got your, um, your your lovely leather chair at the cabinet table picked out. So uh, if you're interested in becoming a, uh, a cabinet secretary in the, um, our... When we get elected, and we <laughs> let us know. Let Become us know. Patreon today. Patreon.com/slash/diplomacygames. Um, that being said, yeah, moving on. Moving on. Yep. Uh, there is some small bit of you know. Actually, this is what you got to do as a, as a politician, Kainer. I need to kind of give you some instructions on okay, this. Okay. Yes. So remember the whole idea of like a shit sandwich. Good news. Yep. Room for improvement. Yep. And then some more good news. That's right, absolutely. Oh, so no, we've had yeah. the good news, you're going to get elected, yeah. people can kind of come on board. So we're it's, going to get the, the uh, room for improvement part of the show now. Yeah. Um, we regret to inform our listeners that the Cane Toad Classic will be postponed 12 months. Correct. 
Yeah, and that's yeah, it's a bummer. It that is a bummer. bummer. But hey, we've we've um, been trying to get the numbers up within the local environment here in Brisbane, and um, a lot of people away. Surprising number of people away. It's just like people saying, "Yep, love to be there, but no, nah, I'll that be away." Fun. Yeah, and. Um, Fortunately, fortunately, some of the people who were interstate who expressed an interest haven't bought their plane tickets yet. Good. Yes. So a uh, bit of luck there. So um, in which case then we're... And, and I know that um, Tony, who was organising the tournament, has had a couple of troubles also trying to find an appropriate venue. Right. So on, it's yeah. like, eh, we, we won't make him, you know, Secretary of Venue Operations. <laughs> However, um, Secretary of... Um Persistence? Persistence. Yes, yes. Yeah. And actually, the great thing about this, though, is can you imagine the impact when we turn up as flying in on Air Force, Air Force on one. the Air Force One blimp, because we're not going to go fucking, you know, Boeing things, because yeah, no, they fall down out of the sky now. <laughs> we're going to get our Air Force One retrofitted blimp to come on over. <laughs> we'll land at Brisbane International Airport. There'll be the brass bands, the red carpet, the, the big limos and, and the beast and the briefcase and shit like that. Uh-huh. And we'll go to wherever's going to be the place we're going to have it next Secret year. Secret service will lock down the neighbourhood. Yep. And we'll stay there for the day. I reckon we've got a good turnout for that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So, so there we are. Yeah, there we That's are. the there room for improvement. Let's go back onto something good now. Something good? Um, that Mongolian variant's finally hit Vigit. Yes. Uh, finally. How finally. long ago was it that you were involved in the initial oh, creation of that? I think... You and Ninja NRD? Yeah, so it's gone through a couple of iterations. So I sat down and did the first initial design of it. 2014? Wow.-ish. Um, and pretty much as it came out, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this, this, I dislike how some of this looks. I dislike... Um, some of the maps, some of the layouts. So I did a little bit of changing to some of those regions. Yep. And then, um, well, other things came up. And I just like, put it to one side and just kind of forgot about it. Then a couple of years later, Ninja RD picked it up, did a bit more development on it. Is it RD or NRD? Ninja Rod. Ninja. Ninja. Okay, RD. Yep. Um, did a bit more development on it. Then he put it to one side, forgot about it, and then Flame at the Russian lab picked it up finalised it and has made it a playable variant. So that's, yeah. that's, that's the history behind it. So I think he did that first on the Russian site and then shortly afterwards offered it to Ollie over at VDIP. Yes. Who they did some tests, they got it all working I think and they went Thunderbirds a go. Yep, and it's now live, essentially. So um, it's this an, is... It's an 11 player variant. Over at um, vdiplomacy.com 11 player. I, I, I must admit, Kana, I've got a. I, I don't mind, and in fact, enjoy quite a number of your um, variants that you've created over the years or brought and ported across. I feel Maybe like with the exception a, of Rat Wars. This is a however. This moment, is a second bit of a, a shit sandwich. Um, but this is, this is great. This is an amazing variant for anyone that loves the idea of. I don't know. I, the way, I, the way I, I imagine that is. And, um, those who are podcast listeners who are familiar with Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, his Wrath of the Khans series is pretty much on a screen here. The whole idea about shortly after 
Genghis Khan passes on and the Khanates then split up. Yes. You've got how many Khanates in this one? Is it five, six? There's four Khanates. Right. Um, you've got... Oh, I should really just open one so I can actually speak to it. Hang on, sorry. Okay, so you've got the... Um, You've got the Great Khan. Yep. You've got the Chagatai Khanate. Yep. You've got the Il Khanate, and you've got the Golden Horde. Yes. And they. Um, so, so, thinking behind this is it just it takes place just before the Great Death. The, no, the, the, the Black Death. The Black Death. Yes. Yep. Um, which is quite topical given that you know coronavirus, but you know timing is essential. What happens is that all the players on this map. Oh, I should read out the other countries yeah, on good idea. too. So you've got the Caliphate, which is essentially your... Um, Islamic power. Islamic powers sitting in North America. North and, Africa. North Africa and parts of the Middle East. Yep. Um, you've got the Crusader states, which I've just lumped together, the Christian countries at the time. The and Western the, Christian powers. The Western powers. Christian yep. powers. Um, and I must admit, if I'm going to diverge for a second, I love with this particular quirk, and maybe we'll get to it later, is how you've got that. They have this clump, obviously, in Western Europe, but then they've also got this exactly the same thing as in real life. They've got this little outpost around the Holy Land, you know, <laughs> yeah. of Uchamere. Um So, anyway, keep going. Um, you have Sri Vijaya, which is this... They were, they were a trading nation around the time. Like yeah. a proto-Southeast Asian maritime and land power. You have um, Tibet, which at that time still hadn't been conquered by the Chinese. It was still its own. The Chinese didn't kind of conquer it until like the 1940s, didn't they? Or 50s? <laughs> no, but at this period of time, they were actual. They were an actual kingdom. Oh, and right. they, they had just been, you know, just prior to it, they had done it. They had expanded actually out from their base in the Himalayas into parts of China and were fought back. So they're still. The Kingdom of Tibet. Yep. Um, you have the Yuan Dynasty, which is also a, a Khanate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's, yeah, they um, are they are a de facto Khanate because that was um, Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan, which yeah. is one of the kids. Um, the Khmer Empire. Did you talk about the Golden Horde though as being a? Because they're also. Yeah, I mentioned Khanates. them as Khanate. Did you? Okay. Yeah, right. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. Sitting in Russia. Yep. Uh, the Khmer Empire. And the that, Delhi Sultanate. And the Khmer Empire, so just to kind of just confuse matters, so the Shivajaya is more around what you consider modern day Indonesia, Malay Peninsula. Correct, yeah. Whilst the Khmer Empire is more like modern day Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos yeah. type yeah. of area. Reaching across into Burma. Burma, yeah. Um, and the Delhi Sultanate, which is the subcontinent of India. Okay. Good. There's the players. And of course, one of the immediate things that you see when you look at this map is it's strange arrangement. Is that you were drunk so, when you drew it? So there's two <laughs> reasonings behind this one, right? At, at the time when I was first doing this, I'd, I'd done it traditionally north, south, east, west. So you look yep. at it, yep. And then... Because back then, a back lot of then, the... you couldn't actually fit something larger no. than a certain amount of pixels on The tech didn't work. The tech didn't work. No. So I thought, well... You know, so this is about the Mongolian period. This is about the Chinese in particular being, you know, this huge 
this this being the centre of the world essentially, and, yep. and in their maps they actually have they actually drew things in a different. That's what China means, doesn't it? The China is Middle Kingdom. Middle Kingdom. So, so they're in the middle, middle of the world. Itself. Yes, they're in the middle of the world, and everything sort of radiates away from the middle of the world. I thought, well, why not actually have that map sitting in a similar arrangement as you would expect to find on a Chinese map of the period? Direction blocks. Yeah. So that's how the direction centre. Seeing they don't read left to right or right to left, they read up and down. You went up and down. I went up and down. Yep. <laughs> so basically, north is east, west is north, and so on and so forth. And it sounds confusing. Or alternatively, you can just kind of look at the show notes and hopefully get a picture of it. And if that doesn't work because it didn't download properly onto your phone, um, just go to V Diplomacy variants actually we'll have links oh, we'll have links yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. but um, anyway so that's, that's the players um, let's talk a little bit around that whole black death scenario okay so all the players on the board start with units on every territory they control yep but the amount of supply centers they start with is less than the amount of territories they start with and this is to simulate the amount the the, the effect of the black death so no matter how well you do in a turn, you're never going to manage to get enough supply centres to keep all of your units alive. Well, got a tow truck turning up and reversing. Someone's about, Someone's to, get, about to lose their car. Someone's not only got a ticket, they're about to lose their car. Yeah. Anyway, but an example of that would be the Crusader States. They start with 11, 11 units, but they've only got three supply centres. <laughs> yeah. So what happens at the end of the first... They start with 11 in spring. They start with 11 in spring. They've got 11, 11 still to play with in autumn autumn and fall. And then after the first builds, there's a die-off. There's a whole heap of them have to get scrapped, no matter how Far many out. supply centres they get. The, yeah. uh, the, the Black Death comes and wipes comes in a half of them boom, out. In, in, a, in a one big hit. Um, I think the one that loses, that stands to lose the most is Yuan, China. Yep. Starts with three supply centres, has 12 units. But so presumably, though, there's there's neutrals around that they can capture to kind of help buffer that that loss. Yeah, there are. There's there's neutrals scattered throughout the um, throughout the map. So you know, it, in a best case scenario, you're um, you're going to have those negotiations with your other players. You'd have an alliance, or you'd be negotiating with your neighbours. Yep. Try and minimise the amount of loss that's going to happen in the first, end of the first year. Yep. Um, I believe, from memory, it, it is feasible to get to a point where you know you're only going to lose one unit, mm-hmm. as opposed to all of your, you know, half of your units. Um, but the supply, the amount of supply centres you need to win the game is about 35. Okay. So it's not huge. In comparison right. to some of these other things. So you don't need so. literally... A, is that a majority of supply centres? That's a, a majority. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so that's an interesting feature. Is that being used in another game? Was that used in one of the... Um, it's a similar thing, I think, in one of the... Oh, shit. Fuck, that thing's annoying. Um, hopefully that doesn't come out really, really loud in the audio. Um... Grab that um, menu over there. Yeah, and, and throw it at the tow truck driver. Set it up so it sits. A oh, buffer. As a buffer. 
it's like a buffer state, a buffer player in a large map that you're going to use to kind of. What are you going to do now? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Kana's stable. See, that's part of like your map idea. I was going one way, up down, uh, left right, and you went up down. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think it. I don't think it's actually been done in another variant that yep. I'm aware of. There we are. Good. Got a photo of um, how we're trying to protect the listeners. The links we go. No, to no, no. Books. There is. Uh, is it Imperium? Is there? Yeah, so Imperium, I think you start with like you know that one where the whole, where all the Roman centres have got nothing in them, and you've got all your tribes outside yes, yes, who have yes. to rush in yep. and try to grab the centres as quickly as possible before they start dying off their units. Correct. So you must have got that yeah, code yeah. from there. That's a good variant. I haven't played that variant. No, once. neither have I. Probably won't be playing for a while either. Plus there's some other things that are happening on this map as well. So you've got um, Silk Roads and Trade Winds. Yes. These are fantastic. So talk us through these. Basically the idea is the same in that a silk a silk road allows you to move two adjacent territories in one hit, but only along the road. Yep. Um, so for instance And sometimes a road diverges a little bit. It diverges to add a little bit of um, diversity to it. So, say Hindu Kush could move two spaces to Burkhana, but it can't move two spaces to Urgent because the Silk Road doesn't go straight from Kuram into Urgent. Yep. Yeah? And it can support units into Burkhana if it wanted to because it's adjacent, it's considered adjacent. Mm -hmm. Similar function to the Silk Road, uh, the, um, to the Silk Road is the trade winds, which allows fleets on a territory with that trade wind to move two spaces at a time. So a fleet in Zanzibar coast can move to Chintapur coast or the Maldives in one hit. Making okay. India a bit closer to Africa than at first glance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So let's use an example. Let's let's assume I have a fleet in the Maldives. Next to next door, if I going westwards, is the Arabian Sea, which is a, um, a trade wind going through there. Yep. The trade wind then goes through Zanzibar and then hits Somalia. But I assume I can just go Maldives, Arabian Sea, bang into Somalia because it's two steps. Is that right? No, that's incorrect. No, you can okay. only move two on the tile. That oh. is, um, gotcha. That, that, yeah. So, for instance, if I click on Maldives and do move, yep. it's not considered adjacent to Somalia because Somalia doesn't have a trade wind on it. Right. So you land. can kind of whoosh across the ocean really, really quickly, but it's going to take you a long while to kind of Actually, get in port. Yeah. Okay. However, you know, the Maldives could move into Maldives. the red. Maldives can yep. move into <laughs> the Red Sea in one hit. If you should correct to. me. It's going to be very amusing around the cabinet table when, when everyone's looking at us really bizarre because we're arguing about how to pronounce words and they're going, they're fucking Australians, they can't even speak properly themselves. They can't agree. <laughs> Look at that, the car's already on the bloody... They do not muck around, they do they? They are not mucking around at all. He's going to whoosh off, take him off to the empowerment yard, light yard, and make a mozza. Kia driver is not going to be happy when he finds that. 
We've even got one of those little smelly um, tree things up in the yeah, kind of like the rear vision mirror. Yeah, they didn't muck around at all. That's that guy's done it before. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's off. And he's off. <laughs> Poor bastard. Yeah, that'd suck. Hey? So uh, anyway, lesson lesson for uh, any of our listeners who are um, happen to be visiting Brisbane at any point of time. Uh, if you hire a car, don't park it in the CBD pretty much ever. But yeah. definitely not, you know, coming up to peak hours because they're all clear ways and they'll come and tow your car away. Yeah, they will tow you. Yeah. And that's not going to make your holiday much fun. No, no. Not, not fun at any all, at all. Because you'll turn up and you'll you. go, my car's been stolen. Where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happens there? Do they text the owner of the... No idea. Never let's, to let's make sure we don't no, fucking get our cast <laughs> um, And there's a few other things going usually on. Usually, I've seen well. enough in American movies, you usually just kind of get a hold of the police and they take you out to the impoundment yard and there's some gruff guy there who won't let you in and then usually break in overnight by jumping the fence and there's dogs that start chasing you. That's the, that's not that the typical scene? Well, obviously, that's how you get your car back in Australia. Yeah. yeah. No. Talking about, so what, what dogs would you have in the... In the um, in the car yard in Australia versus an American car yard and pound them oh, don't they normally have German Shepherds? What, America or Australia? Australia. Or yeah. is it Rottweilers? One or the other. I don't know. What about, what about Blue Heelers? They're not vicious enough like a territorial, do you think? They'd just be running around, just jumping around on things. Yeah, give me a lick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of which, if I can just diverge for a second, one thing I found interesting and I learnt from some of them, I've just recently moved to another job briefly, like for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and someone in my new team who obviously has young kids was talking about this TV show made in Fortitude Valley here in Brisbane, literally about a block away from about half a dozen places we've had a drink at, Right. that has sold the show into the BBC and off to Disney Junior Channel or whatever like that called Bluey? Bluey. Bluey. It's this cartoon thing around this family of blue healer dogs. Oh, yeah. They live in like an old Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of, they don't talk real proper Australian. They've kind of masked the accent a little bit so that it's more palatable to an overseas market. Okay. But it's, it's I, I watch it on YouTube. It's pretty interesting. Is it? Oh, I haven't seen it. No. Yeah. no. Okay. Bluey. Okay. Not, to, to, be know com- where not to be confused with the... 1970s Australian cop show also called Bluey. Is there a cop show called Bluey? Yeah. More famous, it got a, sec- it got a second run I think about 20 years later on the, um, uh, the Australian Late Show when they kind of did this version of it where they dubbed their voices over the top for Barjars. Barjars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Barjars. So Barjars is like this big fat fucking cop who always kind of goes around farting everywhere. Everything goes wrong, and he's always trying to find. Usually, it's like someone that you think someone's stolen his, you know, Sivlaki or something. I, and he always inevitably solves the crime. Oh, <laughs> well, you maybe want to go chase it up in YouTube. I reckon that's probably better than the bloody cartoon show for the kids, but you know. Oh, I'm definitely going to have a rewatch of that just for old times' sake. That's. Yeah. I might put a couple of embedded Bajas links in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> or maybe a little bit of audio snippet. <laughs> anyway, um, you want to keep talking a little bit about Mongolian, or yeah, you I'll, want to finish I'll, your I'll, drink I'll, and I'll get another one for you? I'll just point out a couple of other things, and then we'll get dr- another set of drinks, though. 
Yep. Um, so it also rivers. The rivers function as rivers, so fleets can move up the river. Can you convoy fleets on the... Can move, you can't convoy on the river. Fleets can move across the river, but armies can only move across the river if there's a bridge. Yes. So, so that's another added level of complexity. It makes it a little bit harder to move from one area to another. And there's also another couple of other little things that stop you from moving yep. quickly and easily. So, so you, it's, it's like this, the good thing about this map I love, Kana, you've got some things that speed up movement, and then you've got normal movement, and then you've got other things that slow down movement. Yeah, te- yeah. Through um, geographic circumstances. Geographic circumstances. So um, you've got mountain ranges that are impassable. You can't pass through them. This one's just a direct rip off the idea from Renas Pimento. Yep. Um, this is all around the Himalayas, really, isn't it? The Himalayas. But there's also a couple of other regions that have, you know, like the Caucasus. The Caucasus? Caucasus. Caucasus. Um, you know, you've got some impassable some lake other random, areas, you know, random yeah. mountain ranges around the place. But the main one is around the Himalayas, where there's only pass. You can only get into the Himalayas through passes. Yep. Which makes Tibet, you know, like fortress Tibet. Yeah. But it also makes it hard, makes it hard for them out. to break out. So <laughs> um, there's that. Um, there's the Great Wall of China that makes it impossible to pass from one territory to another. Just like between some territories ranges. and others, yes. Yeah, but if there's a gap in it, you can move through the gap. Or if there's a marked in the same way as a bridge, you can move through the. Um, so an example here is like there's a the Great Wall kind of borders uh, Xi'an and Kara so you can't directly move between those two but you can move to the two adjoining provinces of Lok and Sanchi which don't have the wall kind of bordering uh, Xi'an and those areas or themselves in Kara. Correct yeah yeah yeah. So that's another level of um, complexity to it and the last thing I know is there's a lot of stuff being just pumped into it is it's got cities as well that are dotted over around the place. I think there's, there's 14 cities, and they all they're, start... They're kind with, of like almost like city-state things, aren't yeah, they? City states, yeah, city-states, yeah. And they all start... Well, not all of them. Most of them start with um, either standing armies or uh, owned by countries. Yep, so, um, so standing neutrals, for those of you who haven't played that in a variant before, is like... Imagine on a classic board, uh, hypothetically, you're Austria and you go, hey, free and easy, I'm going to go move straight into Serbia, happy days. But in fact, all the neutrals, whether it's Serbia, Belgium, whoever, have an actual neutral standing army in there. So you need two units to dislodge that. To support yourself into that territory. To support into that yourself territory. I think probably the more, one of the more interesting parts there around that was like the Crusader states in Jerusalem. Um, I particularly wanted that to be like a little bit of a conflict zone yep. between the Ilkhanate, um, the Caliphate and the Crusader states. You know, they really do need to work together in order to crack that little nut. The yeah. only thing I find about this one, and you know what I'm like with this, Kana, is I don't understand historically why we have a canal basically allowing movement between the Mediterranean and the Red Sea when the canal hasn't been built yet? Or are you, are you assuming that there's portage? Portage is what I'm assuming. Yep. They could pick up their boats and just move them. Put them on their back? Or the other. Move them across. Yeah. No, it's just in the in the spirit of... You know, Gameplay? It's, it's ahistorical, really. Yeah. But that's... that. Honestly, um, 
That's probably the only ahistorical bit. I mean, I haven't kind of got out like an ancient map of the world during the Black Death to work out if you've correctly placed things. But uh, um, I think Xanadu and um, Karakorum might be a little back to front. But Was there a real place um, called Xanadu or was it just that Olivia Newton-John movie? It's what, it's what Marco Polo called Karakorum. Karakorum, is that a city? Which was the city of the um, Kublai Khan, uh, not Kublai, um, Genghis Khan's city. Ah. He established that one. He wasn't in, he wasn't in Beijing? No? Kublai Khan set his up in... Oh, in Karakorum. Um, no, Xi'an. No, Xanadu. Fucking Peking. Okay. Was it? Yeah, one of those. Well, Peking's Beijing. It's been so long since I've really just done a deep dive into this period of history anyway. So there's um, a, there's this only... is a bit ahistorical though, like your, your movement around the north coast of Europe. Yeah, because most you of know, it's all frozen, it's bit, isn't it? Yeah. But that's there simply to promote movement between regions. But plenty, of, plenty of games have that now with that type of uh, map when you're looking at Asia, they allow for that type of movement there. Um, makes sense in a modern environment now because all the fucking ice caps have melted. Mm. So you can go through pretty easy. But it was obviously harder back then. Um, how do you feel around actually making this originally? And this isn't just something you've gone. Oh, I like that map. I found it in the variant bank. I'm going to bring it onto you know a web-based environment. You've actually yeah. made this one. Yeah. Not too dissimilar to some of the maps I've made. What's it feel like to at last see something you created now being played by people? A little bit cringeworthy, actually. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> then they bitch and complain, saying, yeah, I don't like the colours oh, of the support yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. I'm, Which are orange instead of green. For some that, that's a technical issue. It's not not the actual variant. Um, look, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of it. I am. Um, you should be. Having said that, I'm going to let it play out for a few iterations and then make a couple of changes, in, I think to see on a larger game set make another version yep that's my thing good on you well done to Kana cheers Cheers. and in Gerardi and Flame oh yes of course absolutely I do not want to don't want to kind of um, make it sound like you did everything Um, it's kind of like you know when you're president I'm sure you're going to take a little bit of credit for things but you're also going to kind of acknowledge that hey good work good work where it deserves where it works deserves absolutely alright drinks so we pause and we'll go get a drink? Yes. Do we need... Actually, we'll just keep the little thing up anyway. Right out. And cheers. Cheers. Is that recording? I think it is. You did just replace the batteries. Yes. So yeah. we've um, we've had to replace the batteries because we were saying, low battery, low battery. It's the first time since episode two? No, nah, it wasn't three. that. No, it was, it was when we were at 16 Antlers up on that one of those roof bar things. Yeah, that's right. It was one of our shortest episodes ever because... The battery was running. The battery was running. And I think the problem at the time was I thought the actual battery was like an internal battery that you just plug into a computer and keep recharging it. Yeah. And in fact, it just uses normal disposable AA batteries. (laughs) (laughs) You, Ambie, was saying that you had a joke. Oh, yeah, actually, I heard the other day. Actually, I think it was this this morning or yesterday. My, um... My daughter actually told me about this. Um, she mentioned, and I hadn't actually heard it on the news yet. Maybe you've already seen it. 
how um, that American actress was recently killed. Oh, yeah? Um, Reese. Was it? The one from Legally Blonde. Reese. With a spoon? With a spoon. No, no, it was with a knife. <laughs> oh, every cabinet meeting, someone around the, the table has to kind of. Someone is in charge of the joke. It's part of the agenda of every agenda, cabinet meeting. Yeah, okay. Every cabinet meeting has to have a joke. <laughs> and if you, if you don't laugh like that, you get quickly get kicked off the team. <laughs> oh, yep. I like that. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> so, um, do we want to do a bit of around the grounds? Um, yeah, sure. So, where are you spending most of your time at the moment? Um, I'm still probably mostly at VDIP, but a little bit over at that um, uh, Discord game that was organised by, no pun intended, for the 1812 Overture. How's that going? Yeah, so um, it's not going brilliant, but it's going better than I would hope. So let me just quickly bring it up for you. So this is the game where I'm playing as England and Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're now going, so the game started I think in 1812 uh, maps. We're now up to the autumn resolution of 1815. Okay. And um, things aren't looking good for me because I've only got one supply centre left in Canada. Oh, you're on the way out. Well on the way out, eh? No, mate, no, 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 no. no. no? And I've got one supply centre in Europe, which is Stockholm. Yeah. So I don't own any of my main, my uh, original home centres in the UK or the home centre that's down in... Um, actually, no, there's no home no, centre in Portugal. You start with the unit down there. Yeah, so you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, but I think we're actually getting... Unless you're mercenary yourself out. I just realised yeah. this is a fucking anonymous game. Shit. Okay, so um. <laughs> okay, so. So, listeners, this, if you're wondering why all of a sudden Kana randomly laughed, we started talking about this game, and I started talking about my position, and then I realised it's an anonymous game. And you can't be talking I about think... no anonymous games. Or is it? Can Discord. No, it's do? not, it is! It's not anonymous! <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Running on to our second drink. So it's not anonymous. It's not anonymous. It's I was unanonymous. Gonna, I was going to leave those claps in there. Fuck it. Let's leave that all. Have we talked in. about before? <laughs> so listeners, if you ever hear claps in the in our show randomly occurring, that's just like reminders for us to go back and edit something out. So um, maybe I'll edit okay. it out. Maybe no, I'll no, no, leave it off. That's somebody so, anyway. gold. <laughs> so because I'm in Stockholm, I can't do shit. But let me put it this way. So my current allies. Which is, remember with this game, you own two powers, you control two powers. Yeah. Okay. So my allies at the moment is the Shoshone uh, Native American tribes, which pretty much own almost all of North America with the exception of Florida and its panhandle and some of the southern states. Mm -hmm. And Shoshone is also Austria, who is unfortunately in Europe getting his asses kicked down to only one supply centre and not in Europe. Oh, okay. Yep. And my other ally is Russia, which is doing reasonably well in Europe. Not brilliant, but reasonably well. And then, of course, he also plays um, Spain, which has control of that whole area around the Gulf of Mexico and um, what you'd call you know, a good chunk of the American South. 
So what are you doing? Mercenarying yourself out? Well, for quite a while I've been, you know, working with them. Yeah. Um, my hard part at the moment is, and there has been opportunities for me to get extra supply centres, but I actually haven't been taking them up because of um, the main reason being just the way my enemies, which at the time and still are America and France, mm-hmm. um, have been positioned. Right, okay. Because if I move a particular way, um, chances were at the time I was going to lose my one and only home supply centre. Fair enough. And I want to try to retain a home supply centre thing because this you can't build anywhere. You have to build in your home supply home. centre. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's going to be really hard in Europe, seeing I'm all the way stuck in the middle of Sweden. Yeah, you're stuck. With France all around me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll see how we go. How do you find playing on the Discord server? Um, it's very interesting. So you don't have, when you're making orders, you don't have drop downs, you don't have interactive maps, you just type out your orders and so send it through to the game master. Old school. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah old school. Um, but when it comes to um, organising things, again, this is something which is similar to what you get over at Playdip, but not at Webdip and not at um, VDIP, is you can have your um, discussions with as many players as you want. So you can have, you know, one-to-one discussions, or you can have, you know, three-way conversations. Um, oh, yeah, yep. That one's a three-way conversation thread with between me, Shoshone, and um, Russia, or whatever you want to call them. So, um, so it's that's good. Pretty good there, yeah. Yep. Um, and you just make up, make it up. Just make your own discussion thread. Well, actually, yeah. I haven't created them yet because I'm not smart enough to know how to do that. I'm sure if I put my mind to it, I could do it. Um, Probably along the lines of new thing. And look, this whole... Um, environment on Discord is increasingly being used I think by the diplomacy crowd because like this is obviously where all the Nexus stuff works and operates in exactly the same manner. Right. The only real difference here I think is that they tend to use um, Backstabber I think is the way of doing the maps and whatever. Displaying the map. Yeah so Backstabber you know you basically you talk all your shit in here pretty much I think I think and then you play Backstabber or do you talk Backstabber? No you, you, you do your talking here. Yeah. And then you'd be sending off your orders to whoever's GMing it, who then runs it through Backstabber as a sandbox. Yeah. And then publishes that map. Correct, yes. Yeah. Thank you. And it's also now there's a, a new um, one that's been set up for the Asia Pacific Diplomacy Association. Oh, bravo. Yeah. I think um, a few people are starting to get on that one slowly but surely. Kind of that's meant to replace the, the dance. Not replace. Maybe over time replace the dance mailing list. Complement and expand. Yes, that would be another way of saying it. So that game's going um, okay. Not brilliant, but I'm enjoying it, and that's the main thing. Now, you're I've been actually enjoying a lot of play dip stuff at the moment. I might, yeah. might spend a bit more time there, maybe. I don't know. More time over at play dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll see how I go. Because I'm, I'm, it's been a few months since I've done anything at play dip, and I, I probably want to just you know, go back there a little bit and see what it's like. Okay, yep. Because, you know, apart from your little um, uh, Mongolian thing, I've played a lot of the other variants to death, so... Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Might as well jump over and... Man, the good thing I like about Playdip is... Um, and web tips like this too, to be perfectly honest, is if you want to ha- kind of really hone your classic game, you can do that. Good place for it. Good place yeah. for it. And um, I think particularly with our upcoming tournament in Melbourne... There's certain things I want to try 
to see if they, when we actually kind of apply them in a uh, an environment, obviously, which is you know you can talk and everything like that and negotiate things. I'm interested to see whether they work out or not. Because there's a couple of a couple of plans in my mind after some of our recent interviews. So I go, not that they've said actually suggested this, but I've then taken some of their ideas and tweaked them to come up with some other possible approaches. Looking to see how this plays out at Poppycon. That's what I mean, yeah, we're at yeah. Poppycon. Um, I know I'm going to definitely jump on to... It's not far away now, week and a half, next week. Is it? Yeah, well, we head down there on Friday next week. Yeah. So nine days from now. Yeah, which is where the next recording's going to be. Um, yes. Speaking of which, we have to talk to Mel to find out when we can come to her place. You, you teed that up with her on email, didn't you? Well, she said, yeah, we can stay there, but I don't know when she's going to be there. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Because we're getting quite early. I was surprised how early the flight was. 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock? Yeah, or right there. But what happens if they're working? Yeah, good point. We're going to have to go to, the, go yeah, to, go to, go to BWS <laughs> or Dan Murphy's, go get some grog. <laughs> Arrived sloshed. Yeah, um. Make a good impact. Hmm. Oh, those drunk Queenslanders are here again. Where was I? We're talking about around the grounds. Or are you going to go something else? No, I've lost the train of thought. Are oh, you talking about um, how I was going to do a couple of different things maybe in Melbourne? Oh, yes. I was going to... Um, Help me jump get onto three web- supply centres and as a builder as England when you're France. Oh, definitely. If you were, if you pull England and I pull any of those up, Germany or France, I'd be working towards getting you free. In, in awesome. Spring. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to see that actually happen because, you know, it happens never. I've never seen it happen. Yep. And, um, and they said, well, I've got this other plan for something which could go either way. If, I, if I've got the ear of an ally, of someone who could ally with me and goes, hmm, I'm up for that. That's interesting. I'll be able to take a risk on that. I think it'll be worth doing. Okay, I'm interested to see how this one plays out. Yeah, it'll either... I'm interested to tease out with you either as an ally or, or take you out as an enemy. Oh, if the stars align, eh? If the stars align. <laughs> or maybe, you know, it'd be weird, like, you know, I'm France and you're Russian, we can't do jack shit. Uh, probably, yeah. Unless we both decide to invade Germany. <laughs> or England. Oh, this game what? is just madness. What was I going to say anyway? I was going to, uh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that I was planning on picking up some quite a lot more classic diplomacy games as it gets closer to the World Cup in Thailand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was my plan, to hone up on that skill. Yeah. That's a good as idea. To, you know, as the Poppycon or the Australian Open, I'm not, you know, more for the fun. Melbourne Open. Australian Melbourne. Open's that tennis game. Yeah. Is there an Australian Open, though, for... No, Australian Open is the tennis tournament. No, for diplomacy, is there like a... Nah. There's a Melbourne Open, there's a There used Canberra to be Open, the Bismarck like, Cup. Yeah. Which I think was the Australian-New Zealand Championship. So I think we it kind of fell into the... We could ask them down south. Maybe. Okay, it's good for around the grounds. What do you think? I'm... Well, what else is there? So, you're, you're in a few games, aren't you? Well, or are you kind of in the mostly anonymous games you know what to talk anonymous. about too much? Um, your advice to stab worked. Oh, good, good, excellent. Yeah. I'm pleased. Can I bring that one up? I'll bring that up. We can't obviously talk about who you are and everything like that, but 
Um, not that I got a heap out of the oh, bargain. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I got a decent amount. Yep. And the other player um, who was being hard done by the person who I stabbed yep. has benefited greatly from it. Excellent. So so you think that will be I'm a good ally for you into the future? That for, um, you'll come to see that I am interested in not attacking this new neighbour yep. and will assist against... Another neighbour. Another neighbour who's being a bit belligerent. Yes. Towards me at the Very moment. Very bullshit. Yeah. Having said that, you know, the other um, front that I'm exposed to... Yeah. In this you, map, haven't, you haven't got a bad position. I think you're... a bad you're, position. You can build off that. And this third player... Um, this, this, <laughs> this third player has decided to um, go ah. in a totally different direction and not towards me at all. So I'm, oh. I'm quite comfortable with... The, bar- the buffers that I've got around me against the other major um, powers at this stage. Yeah, I'm see, I think you've, you've got a bit of promise on that one. I think we're getting to a point now with that game, we can't even talk about which game it is, because some of the things you've said there, if you knew the game, you could probably read a little Tease bit of the tea leaves and go, look, he's either one of two or three players. Tease it out. Um, the other game, which I'm doing reasonably well in, um, again, is so, this is actually one that you were in. Yes, this um, is another Europa Renovatio. And we've made links to this particular game in the past. In the past, yes. And I think it'd be worthwhile relinking to where this sits at the moment. Okay. Because we were talking Which game, at the name that of the game time. This one? Oh, this is Silent, Silent Europe. Europe. Yep. We were talking at that time the sort of power that a player can have in extending their lines behind oh, enemy yes right the, and the, that the, has the mega led, the mega outflank yeah and that has led to the complete collapse of, of Scotland Scotland he's totally dead he was he's, he was one of the down to one supply center he was one and of he the was leading has, was he the leading player he was, yep he wow had most of Scandinavia all the way up to Novgorod um, all the way down through most of France and Spain. Right, okay. Right, so that in itself is a real showcase of what having those sea lanes in can really do to the dynamics of your stability and your defensive posture. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not, it's kind of similar but not dissimilar to some of the other Europa Renovatio games where it's a similar position, but. I guess the idea is you've got to project your power, don't you? Rather, you've got to you've got to be the aggressor. You've got to get in behind. Be, yeah. yeah. If, if, I think that with the sea lanes being a relatively novel thing for a lot of players, they don't quite realise just how to deal with them. Yep. Right. Speaking of which, in, have you started drafting your article yet for diplomacy world on that? Started. Oh, good. Well done. Thank you. Um, and that's due in two weeks. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Good stuff. Look forward to reading it. Yeah, I hope so. Um, hope so, it give us a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a sneak preview. What, what type of things do you think you'll be talking about? In well, I'm talking about. I'm talking about just exactly what we're talking about now. Okay. Like the strategic depth. Of okay. So, yeah, shut the fuck up and be let Kane of talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and as a defensive posture, you really need to clog up that sea lane as a whole territory. 
-hmm. And the only way you can do that is if you've got volume, you've got supply centers behind you. Yes. Yeah, to, to be able to do it. Otherwise, it becomes just a fluid territory. So have you, in recent games, without giving anything away, been able to employ the strategy yourself? Um, yes. Yes, I have. Excellent. Yeah. Um, particularly um, that, that the one there. previous game we were talking about, yep. I've used it to great effect in actually just, just wedging yourself surely, in. Yep. Just making sure that all of my coastal areas are completely locked down and are under no illusion of being under my control. The thing about that particular um, approach is it works both ways. So not only can you as the aggressor um, try to, you know, almost, I use the analogy of like a, you know, you, you, like you jimmy a door open with a crowbar, you know what I mean? Just like, you get a little, little bit of leverage in a very small space and provided you can kind of pop that. Crack it open, yeah. Like you can then start going into it, yep. absolutely. But it works in reverse too. You need to be able to be in a position to lock down a defensive front from some other bastard doing the same thing to you that you're doing to others. Oh, and look, I realised very early on that you know you can really only manage to do that in one whole like, like one sea lane territory at a time starting off yep. if you're lucky right um, obviously as you get more, more units if you're lucky to get along those lines um, it becomes easier to expand the amount of sea territories you can project power onto yep. um, having said that like they yeah, I mean, it, 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 they're tremendously risky because if you make a stuff up in your order, you can actually have ramifications down the line as to how your whole protection of power occurs into that area. So being very careful not to let players slip in behind you because if they do that, it's very hard to chase that down and stop them. Yeah. So um, your two games there, where you're doing, you know, you're doing reasonably well. Um, the Europa Renovatio map from memory is like around, what, 34, 35 players, something like that at the start? Similar to World War Four. Yeah, I think just slightly And both of them would be down to about 10 or less players now? Yep, correct. So, you're... you're and look, and there's some, some games there that you're in, a, you know, there is a dominant player... Um, some, some, you know, a little bit less dominant player, and it's more more balanced. You must be getting pretty proud of yourself in I'm maybe sure. maybe winning, two maybe actually them. winning. No, I win, doubt it. it's winning? not going to happen. No, not going to happen. Long way off anyway. Yeah, I was going to say that's a that's a bit of a bit of a qualifying statement there. I think. One can hope. I think if you play your cards right. You should be able to, um, in both of those games, if you... Are they both... Are not, uh, sorry, they're anonymous, I know yep. that. Are they gunboat or are they full press or normal press? Both are gunboat. One's winner-take-all, one's point-person by center. Okay. So, I think at the moment your challenge is making sure that you... Um, you don't... You don't Yeah, you don't have a stretch... And you also ensure that any player that's in a far more dominant position can't project their power further. You need to kind of make, try, do whatever you can to throw love 
to kind of say, hey, I'm on your side. Let's all kind of stop this other dude if you get to that point because otherwise you're going to lose. And if you lose, it doesn't matter, does it? You're not going to get the points. Yeah, and I think um, I really want to get you into the whole, you know, the whole points thing. It's like a drug. Once you get onto it, and you start going up in your thing, and you're in the top hundred. I know you'll get there one. I think you did once. I've used to be in the top hundred. I know you did. I remember it. It was like what, about, was it about a few days, two, three days. <laughs> a few years ago now. I oh, know, no, but like even recently, about twelve months ago, I think you were in the oh, top yeah, hundred for was, about four or five days. Yeah, yeah, briefly. And then, but, yeah, but you were in the top hundred. It's not the you goal. Were, you were in the top hundred when we had only hundred play. players on the server. I don't understand people's reasoning behind the ranking. I don't. I don't understand the addiction, Andy. Playing the game for the sheer unholy joy of playing the game. That's what it's oh, about. Look, for me. look, look, Kana. I love what you're saying. I really do. I'm really looking forward to taking this little snippet in time and playing it back to you after you've got drunk on the <laughs> on the power, on the, the power <laughs> of going right up into like when you're in the top 50 after kind of doing well in two games potentially you'll be like you'll be wanting more you'll be wanting another hit I'll be wanting to move up in the ring you will you'll be top, you're top 50 you won't be happy with that like I'm what 60 something I'm not happy and maybe even are. in the 70s but the way the way the ranking works I mean, the higher you are the less you get from winning yeah, but, but yeah. seeing you're coming from such so, a let's say, you're coming let's from say, such a low base that you're probably going to do very well. Very well. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to pick your wins if you're going to yes, play yes, that yes. game. Anyway, but I don't play that game. I'm I'm just in it for fun. So you've got those um, couple of uh, Europa games. Anything else exciting happening with you? Um, no, no, no. I think that's all I can really speak about at the moment. The others are, you know, they're just minor games which I'm not really too invested in. Yeah, so um, in my Europa Renovatio game against Anonymous game, but um, it hasn't radically progressed much since our last game. So uh, there's a couple of... There's, there's one player that's almost about to go out, another one that seems to be somebody's bitch and has been kept in the game. Um, but apart from that, it's pretty stable. Like, you see one supply centre flip, maybe go back and forth, but not much. A lot of it's just all locked down. So really, it is. Well, what's happened there? Is that a well, he's just just locking down, but without locking down. Mm. <laughs> um, Maybe he got lazy. I don't know. So, really, what this game needs to move forward is a significant stab, like a balance of power, toppling stab. You'd think so, but it's been quite a while, Since, and um, uh, that hasn't ha- happened. Hasn't happened. Right. Okay. We can probably talk about this one a little bit more off tape. Yeah. Let's do that. Yep. So, um, apart from that, uh, my Undivided States game is still slowly, still slowly, slowly plodding yep. along. Not much is happening there. Um, New York seems to be ever so slowly growing, but snail's pace. Um, you know, everyone else seems to be doing a pretty good job at keeping him out, so who knows? Radio. Um, um, what else have I got on? Anything else? Oh yeah, my um, I'm part of. Did I tell you I signed up to the Cloak and Dagger series? Oh at no. So this is I'm in a game called Fake News Leak in- Interference Democopolypse. Mockalypse. Which is a World Diplomacy Ten board. 
Um, the one with the penguins. Yeah, it's kind of the one after the penguins. They still have penguins, though. What's different about... Oh, it doesn't matter. But I don't know what's different between 9 and 10. <laughs> um, okay, I just love G-Man's naming convention. News leak, fake news, democolop... Demo, populace. whatever it was, you know, he comes up with some like flying ninja pizza, something like that. It's, just, it's just some classic names. I think he just puts in some random word generator. I don't know. Uh, I'd love to know his process. How are you going in this one? This is a world map, so it's got wrap around territories. Um, yeah, um, I'm trying to remember how many players actually started this game. That's a good question, actually. Um, let me excuse me, listeners. As I count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There's fourteen players still in the game. Three have been eliminated, so it's a seventeen-player game. Seventeen, right? Oh, rephrase that. When I say three players have been eliminated, we're coming up to the build phase, and um, in addition to the three players eliminated, another three players are on zero. So, so, yeah, six. So we'll go to six, yeah. and then there's one player left on one supply centre. On the way out as well. So, um, Are you still in it? Yep, I'm still in it. Not about to be eliminated? Not yet, but look, I will say one thing, because this is an anonymous game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found this game very challenging. The oh, yeah? calibre of the players, and this is a real credit to G-Man and who he decides to invite but it's a bit of an invitational only thing, is really super high. Yeah, so lots I, of communication going on. Yep, 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 yep. yep. Lots of comms. Um, but I've found it very hard to work out where some of the alliance blocks are. Some are really, really clear. Oh, yes, yeah. But others where I thought were clear have become a little bit more confusing as time's progressed. And you'll put, you'll put a link into the show notes on this map as, as it oh, stands Oh, yeah, 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 I can do that. That's no problem at all. Yep. Um, so I'm not in a... I'd say I'm not in a terrible position, but I'm definitely not in a superior position. I'm in a... Middle of the road. Yeah, holding. yeah. Yeah. Middle of the road. Okay. I've got, I've got threats around me. Because I've made some decisions that will probably kind of piss players off, um, and yeah, okay. But, and this is this is probably another one for an off-tape conversation. It's been really, it's been really interesting. I've enjoyed this game immensely, so much so that I, I may be inclined in the future to do another cloak and dagger game. I've enjoyed it when I've participated. Well, you probably wouldn't get an invite at the moment because you're doing so poorly in the rankings. But oh. if you do well with your other no, games... he doesn't go by rankings. He goes by previous players. Oh, players he's known for ages. No, he goes by players who he has invited previously onto games. Right. And he just runs through that. doesn't matter on their rankings. So. Look, well, why did he invite you in the first place? Because I was... All right, in the rankings. Oh, back then. Back when then, there were yeah. only 100 people in the, in the server. <laughs> um, look, in the interest of time, yes, let's I keep... think we wrap this episode up now. Oh, okay, sure. No um, problems. I'm having a game another drink, but anyway. And I'll, yeah, and, <laughs> and 
I'll get well, a drink for the, um, the Patreon. Oh, yes. Good thinking. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. we... Yeah, good point. We are, we are on a bit of a time, um, time limitation here. We were going to do a little bit of a, a, um, a another newbie segment around strategy and shit. I think it'd be really worthwhile to get experienced players to take on strategy when we're down at Popicon. Ooh. We're going to have to do that on Saturday night because Sunday we're going to have to skedaddle pretty much straight away. Yeah, pretty quick. Yep. Kind of like what we did last time around around the table, but we'll have a bit of a focused conversation. All right. I'm looking forward to it, Kana. Can't Ladies wait. And gents, cheers. If you want more, there's like about six or seven now Patreon episodes of the back catalogue. Hours of extra bonus entertainment. Very entertaining because we uh, can be getting. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, obviously, we're incredibly entertaining because the barman brought us over two glasses of water. You must think that we need to kind of sober up a bit. <laughs> and you'll get more and more uh, unsober Kana and Andy in the Patreon episode. So, uh, patreon.com slash diplomacy games. Remember, iTunes, Stitcher, all that shit. Yep. Five stars. We love you. Like us, tell a friend. And most importantly, if you've got a primary vote coming up, right on your ballot, Kana. I am. I, I'm, li- I'm literally going to, because in America, the, the way the system works, each each state has like their own Secretary of State who organises elections, and it's not just like you know you get to see oh who won oh Bernie Sanders won oh Joe Biden won, you can actually go all the way down to the individual votes, so I can see if I kind of delve down, has anyone actually written the word Kana for president? <laughs> so far. <laughs> Nobody's done it, but I don't know. But, but the actual I, I, I would the, the love South that. Carolina I, one crashed. I, so I, 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 I would, get to I would love that. Take a photo of it and send it to us. Can I actually say one thing? Would you be interested in being Lord Mayor of Brisbane? Because I'm thinking about writing your name on the ballot for Lord Mayor of Brisbane. Fucked. <laughs> no. The other two are clowns. So I'm not interested in them. I reckon you can do a better job. Good training, what you can do is you can do that job for about, I don't know, nine months and then upgrade to President of the United States. That, fuck, my glass is gone. (laughs) Gotta go. Gotta go, bye-bye.